What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast, episode 13. I'm Christian Brady. I'm here with Matt Tiart. Matt, what's going on? What is up, my dude? Right before the show started, we were talking about favorite coffees. Christian, what's your favorite coffee? Like, what's your favorite coffee order at Starbucks? I just get just cream. I put the sugar in myself because I don't like when they do it. Word. Fair enough. See, we were, you guys were making fun of me about I asked for a splash of almond milk. If they get, would give me a thing of almond milk, I could do it myself. Then I wouldn't have to sound dumb when I get a little little splash of almond milk. Yeah, but the difference is it's like almond milk is pretty obscure and like sugar is not. Yeah, I guess so. I just, milk makes my stomach hurt when I drink like too much of it with coffee. Mm-hmm. I think almond milk like calms it down a little bit. Yeah. Plus, you know, saving the environment. So it's a win-win. Saving the environment? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, like the whole cows thing? Yeah, the, yeah. The farting or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is uh, a hockey podcast. I had a, I had a hockey point that I wanted to make. I was thinking about it today. Okay. I saw a video of a Mitch Marner goal last night that was unreal, and I found myself, like, smiling at, like, the reaction from the bench, and I realized that my hatred for the Leafs has, like, dissipated over this season. Because I would always justify, like, I always loved Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Like, the young guys on the team were always, like, so electric to me. Yeah, they have so much swag. But I always was able to justify my hate for them with Mike Babcock and Nazem Kadri. I was like, those guys are the scum of the earth, especially Nazem Kadri. Yes. Who literally, like, need Jake DeBrusque in the face. Who's now in Colorado. Yeah. And I was like, I hate this guy. He justifies my hate. But then they get rid of the two guys that are at all hateable on their team. It's like, I don't hate them anymore. Well, I hate Tavares. Yeah, me too. But like the same thing happened to me with Montreal. Like it's so hard to like I just feel bad for them now. I don't hate (sighs) them anymore. I they should be my mortal enemy. But it's like it's like the little kid like that you fight in elementary school, but then you hit your growth spurt like way before them, and then you just take pity. Yeah, and then you're just like, well, like this kid keeps picking fights with me, and I just shove his face into the ground. That's what the Bruins do to Montreal, and it's like, how do I hate this kid now when I'm just so much better than him? That's one way to put it, yeah. And then they take all your friends. They got Claude Julian, who, like, soft spot in my heart. Like, he gave me my only Stanley Cup to this point in my life. Like, I love Claude Julian, and now he's the coach for the Habs. How can I hate him? I don't know what that feels like because I really still just hate the Penguins. So I, I guess when Crosby leaves, it's like... Well, it's like... The Islanders are within the conference, and I'm sure you have a soft spot for them because of trots. Oh, yeah, I do. So it's the same type of thing with them. Yeah, but, but they're not different. supposed yeah. to be my, my sworn enemy. Yeah, well, the Penguins have been good also. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I And that's why, like, my hatred just keeps growing because they are mm. they are so good. Like, they're, they were supposed to be bad uh-huh. this year with all the injuries. Right. And now, once again, they're going to make the playoffs. That's why I predicted that the Blues would be terrible because that was just my... I was like, sure, they won last year, but they won the battle, but we're going to win the war. But it just looks like they're right with us in the war. Yeah. Which stinks. All right. Sweet. All right. Great intro. Yeah, thanks. Why don't we get started? Tampa, Florida. Tampa forward. Tampa, Florida. plays in Tampa, Florida. Steven Samkos is out six to eight weeks after a core muscle injury. What is that? surgery. It says fire muscle injury. And when I read that, I was like, what is a fire muscle injury? That that sounds pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, core muscle. Yeah, it's still still extremely <laughs> serious. 
Uh, he's out six to eight weeks, which would mean he'd be back in like the second round of the playoffs if he came back. Is that a good estimation? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. They better pray it's six because if it's eight, he might as well just not play. Yeah. I mean, eight weeks is two months. Yeah. So and that's he had a Stephen Stamkos year once again that ends his regular season at twenty nine goals, thirty seven assists for sixty six points in fifty seven games. Not bad. Oh, it's. I think a Steven Stamkos year might start becoming a thing where he gives everybody hope that he's not going to get injured and he starts playing really, really good hockey because oh. he's one of the best hockey players in the world and then he gets injured. Yeah. Like, that is a Steven Stamkos year. It's like Clemsoning, the old Clemsoning, right? Like, you give everybody hope and then you just. <laughs> that's what he did. So. Yep. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, that sucks. Yeah. I don't think they're in big trouble without him. But also, like, it hurts for sure. Oh. You can always use a guy like that. I know they got Kucherov back in the middle of December, and ever since then they haven't lost, like, more than five games or something like that. Yeah. Something stupid like that. They went on, like, 12 in a row. Yeah, and then they just recently lost, like, four in a row, and those are, like, their only losses. Yeah, I mean, they're still going to be in the hunt for the President's Trophy. They're still going to probably win hopefully win games in the playoffs i mean we all said that last year and they didn't win a single one so but it kind of seems like they've been there before that they don't have stamkos to ride with them in the playoffs yeah. i mean it's sad to say but that that like kind of is the narrative of yeah, stamkos career so um way off topic mm-hmm. friend my friend one of my best friends in high school if not my best friend in high school Kirsten is in the building she's in the gave studio. You, she's gave you a look. Like the that. dirtiest look ever. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I quoted, you're not God or my father or my boss. Don't tell me she didn't know what it was. She had no clue oh. what it was. So, yeah. I showed her the Bagel Boss video. She thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. So, Kirsten, welcome. Welcome to the pod. She she's just not amused. <clears throat> All right, both Kane goalies remain out <laughs> at least another week. Uh, so does that mean David Ayers <laughs> is signing a full time contract? No, it doesn't. But it is a big loss. Obviously, those are two good goalies. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's awesome when you lose both of your starting goalies in the like, same game in a time when you're treading water on the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, awesome. Tough. Right after the trade deadline, you can't make any trades. That stinks. Sign David Ayers. Alex Nedeljkovic and Anton Forsberg will fill the gap. Those are not the names you want between your pipes. (laughs) Is there any relation to Philip or Peter? (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, that's honestly the only hope Carolina has. All right. Um, I I don't really have anything to say about that. (laughs) No, I don't either. That stinks. Good luck. Thank God it's not a long time for the Canes. Because they can tread water for three or four games without, or it's probably already been two games. Yeah, but they're now like out of the playoff picture. Yeah, by like a point or so. Like it's not just tread water; they gotta stay within a point. Yeah, when and other the, teams are already know that they have to win, you know. And the crunchiest crunch time of the season. Right. Yeah, it's a tough time for it, and that's a theme. It's a tough time for anyone to lose anybody. Unless you're the Bruins. Cause Why do we... This is insane. Like, literally half our script is injuries. It in always the, is. In it's, the craziest time It of always the is. I know. It's terrible. 
but there is some good news to come. It's not this. Ben Bishop day-to-day -day, missed last night with a lower body injury. I think he's fine, but he's having another incredible season. I mean, we're going to talk about it later. I, We both have Dallas like in our picks. Um, he's like number he, one or two reasons. Yeah, if he goes down, they're, we're immediately replacing them with somebody else. Because... What is going on? I have on? no idea what that is. There's like someone like scraping chairs yeah, Just outside. so you know, we're not doing this in the middle of a room. This is actually a sound studio, and there's no way we should have been able to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, Ben Bishop, uh, one of the all-time great goalies. Yeah, he's and awesome. We love him. We, we talk him up all the time. Yeah, we definitely love him. And a team that does not score a lot of goals at all, but is still obviously extremely successful. They need him to step up and they need the defense and to step up in their team defense, which it has been. Uh, the Bruins played the Stars a few nights ago. It was on a national TV. I think it was probably last Wednesday or last Tuesday. They're adding a lot more NBC Sports games after football has ended. Like they, there's one on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, one on Thursday pretty much every week. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that. And then the obviously the Sunday game and sometimes they're adding a 3.30 game after the Sunday game on NBC. So it's a lot of primetime hockey, which we love. But they were talking about how Dallas sort of took a page out of Boston's book of, like, like put defense before offense. And they're kind of doing that this year, So, which makes your goalie extremely important. They yeah. need to be able to rely on him. So hopefully when he does come back, he comes back healthy and ready to make a push. So day-to-day, -day, um, let me just pull up the standings here. I mean, they're in third, mm -hmm. and... They don't really have anybody close to them. Like Winnipeg's eight points out. Of yeah. Third, like the third place. Right. Third place comfortably seem, in third place. Yeah. The top three seem locked in the central. So right because the Pacific have a ton of teams vying for the Pacific, but the the three teams and being St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas have separated themselves from the field. Yeah, they're sitting at pretty. least in the center. so. I mean, this isn't at this isn't that big. Like they could. They can afford to drop some games, and it is only day-to-day. -day, so you're only going to have to go, at the most, three or four games without him. Yeah. So. And it's always dangerous to concede a couple games because the parity in hockey is so good. Like, two, one loss could turn into six losses in a row in a, in a split second. Because yeah. of every single team you play can beat you. And that's not the case in other sports. Especially at this time of year when the teams that are out are looking to play spoiler and the teams that are barely out are looking to get in and the teams that are in are trying to save their spots, you can lose any night. It just happened to Pittsburgh. Before that, it happened to Washington a little bit. It happened to Tampa Bay before that. Yeah. A lot of teams lose a lot of games in succession because it can get away with, from you really quickly. And if you lose like your star goaltender like this, then you really he's the most important player on that team by far. Yeah, I guess so. You don't want to. You obviously don't want to go into the mindset of like, oh, we can give up a couple because mm -hmm. then it's just gonna land right. snowball into a losing streak that you but don't. Want. I don't. I don't think they are. And a, something I say a lot is tread water, but like that's not something you want to think about either. You're not trying to keep up. You're always trying to win games yeah. every night. You have to put your best effort out, especially in March. And that's what they're gonna do, even without Ben Bishop. They got Anton Hudelman, who's a very He's a solid backup. He's back a up. very capable backup. Yeah. So he can hold over, hold it over until they come back. All right. Move on to Toronto. Yeah. Here's some good news. 
Morgan Riley and Cody Cece are both set to return in the next two weeks. Riley is a little bit ahead of Cece, but that decor is struggling. They score the most goals in the league, or almost the most goals in the league, Toronto does. Yeah. But they also give up a ton of goals because their decor is really, it's bleeding, but it's also like even when it's not bleeding, it's not very good. Yeah, they only have a plus 12 goal differential. Right. And they score, when they score a ridiculous I think they've scored like 246 goals or something, some joke like that. I pulled that number out of nowhere. <laughs> 235. Oh, that's pretty close. Yeah. It looks, from what I can see, it's the most in the East. Yeah, that's the most in the league. So they score the most goals in the league, which coming into the year, you would expect that from them. But also, people expected their D to lack, and that's to say the least. I think Morgan Riley is... There are less than five teams who have let up more than that. Morgan Riley is their all-star defender. Yes. So this is so huge, especially at this time. He's going to get back. He's going to play a couple games. He's going to get into the groove. And then Cody from, Cece. from the looks of it, we're going to have Tampa-Toronto, which is going to be so electric. That's what it looks like right now. So And Cody Cece is not a slouch either. No, he's not, but he has that same, like, all of their defensemen are very similar. Yeah. Where they don't have a physical, like, you don't want to stand not puck moving defenseman because every defenseman has to be puck moving at all or else they wouldn't play. But he is a puck moving defenseman, and you kind of want that guy that really specializes in playing the body and getting the puck out of the zone. Yeah. They don't have a guy like that. Word. Right. <laughs> no Let's thoughts. I'm just excited for the playoffs. Me too. Another, some other good news, maybe not for Matt. Brian Dumoulin and John Marino both returned last night. They're defensemen for the Penguins, who are ailing in the on the back end. Uh, those are both New England guys. You know, I had to throw that in. Yeah, thanks for that. Marino's from Northeastern, which is like probably ten minutes away from me. Okay, which is cool. He went to my rival high school, CM, played for South Shore Kings, as did you know, like any any good player from Massachusetts. Coyle, Wagner, both played for the Kings. Can we move on? Um, Ryan Whitney played for the Kings. <sighs> um, and then he also played at Harvard for three years and got drafted by Vancouver. Edmonton. Edmonton. Got drafted by Edmonton. Now plays for Pittsburgh. He's 22 years old. Super young. Very bright future for him. Dumoulin, not so much. He's like 27. From Maine. Played at BC. Also a great player. In his own right, but he's like that guy that I'm saying, like, he's not a puck moving defenseman. He can move the puck, but he's that lockdown defenseman that you need. Like, that fourth guy is just going to play the body. He's big. Yeah. Plays bubble hockey defense. You just stay in your stay on your line. Don't ever jump up into the play. He he kind of reminds me of Brooks Orpik. Yeah. And the, in the fact that, like, like you said, he's a stay-at-home defenseman. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna go. He's not gonna pinch. He's not gonna no. get out. Like you say, get out of his line. Never uh, too far below the circle. And in the offensive zone. Pittsburgh really needs that because coming yeah. into the season they were lacking at the blue line. So and that was like their biggest question. So yeah, this does uh, this does scare me a little bit that they have two, honestly, two key guys. Yeah, they back. are. At the same time, which is kind of weird. But right now, I mean, I want the. I want the season to end tonight because you would have Philly, Pittsburgh first round, Tampa. Subway series. Tampa, yeah, Subway series. Um, what am I talking about? 
Sorry. Uh, Colorado, Dallas, and then you would have the battle for Alberta first round. Let's just that's, end it tonight. That's Can we the agree? one we need is the battle. I mean, two Philadelphia teams playing each other would be absolutely electric considering the passion, I'll put it that way, that Philly fans have. I said Philadelphia teams. I meant Pennsylvania teams. Yeah. Um, I got what you were saying. The passion that Philly has and, like, Pittsburgh is, like, the team that's always been there. Like, Crosby has the class and all that, and, and, and Malcolm maybe not so much, but, like, that's the classy organization against Philly who's, like, throwing batteries at you and throwing their hot dog on the <laughs> ice in the second period. Yeah, and it's, that's going to be electric. Wh- oh, my gosh, of course. I'm blanking on that guy's name. Who was the captain in the 70s when they won t- back-to-back cups? The guy with literally no teeth. <laughs> oh, Bobby Clark? Yes, Bobby Clark. When I think of Flyers, I think of Bobby Clark. <laughs> yeah, the Broad Street Bullies. I don't care. I don't have any teeth. Let's just play some rough hockey. That's literally, the Broad Street Bullies literally, they just went on the ice and beat everybody up. Yeah. And then won while they were like crying on the bench. Yeah, and won back-to-back cups. Guys couldn't see because there was blood in their eyes, and that's when they'd score goals and win back-to-back cups. Yeah. Awesome. That's where hockey needs to get. No, not quite. <laughs> but I think it would. Uh, we would see some of that in this battle. At least, at least the fans of Philly would expect to see some. Of yeah, that. and maybe especially they'll, against, maybe they'll create it themselves going to each other's barns. Especially against Pittsburgh in the first round. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Columbus forward Josh Anderson shoulder surgery done for the season. Mm-hmm. Out six months. He might even miss first puck drop. Probably beginning of next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll just add it on. Uh, Blue Jackets forward Oliver Bjorkstrand out eight to ten weeks with ankle surgery. I think their season's done. I think so anyway. too. Anyway, those two losses are big, particularly Bjorkstrand. He has forty points this year, second highest scorer on the team. When he left, he was the highest goal scorer on the team. That's for the team that. Let's see. I have it in here. They have the second fewest goals in the Eastern Conference to possibly the worst hockey team of all time. They don't let up a lot of goals, but. It doesn't matter. You need every single goal you can get when you're scoring under 170 goals Yeah. at this point in the season. And now they lose a lot of goals in Oliver Bjorkstrand. He was creating a lot of offense for them in a time where a lot of their offense is out with injury or gone to other teams. That's a, I, I think that's a loss they can't recover from. With that being said, I thought the lo- they were losses that they couldn't recover from on July 1st last year when free agency started. I mean... I'm talking like they're 12 points out of the playoffs. They're in the second wild card I spot. Know. I just think ah, this right. is too you much. You think it's straw that broke the camel's back. But they've we've, been going through this all year, it, and they keep coming back. Yeah. From. I don't know. I mean, they're three points ahead of Carolina. I mean, they do have three games in hand. Yeah, but that's tough. I mean, we keep talking about New York they're only four points out of the uh-huh. wild card now. I know. I, I was going to bring that up later, but you're right. There's so much in the East. God, it's getting so interesting. <laughs> you say you want the playoffs to start today. I agree with you for the matchups, but for these wild card situations to sort themselves out is going to be absolutely yeah, like incredible Let in the next, the next four weeks. All it's right, you changed awesome. my mind. You twisted my arm. Let's get crunched. I agree with you, though. I kind of want that to happen. No, I mean, I want these matchups at the end of the season, but... I definitely agree with you that it's we're already going to get playoff hockey when 
Carolina travels to Columbus mm-hmm. and they're only separated by one point, I mean, the intensity is going to be through the roof. Yeah, last night, uh, Boston versus Tampa, in the middle of the first period, Mike Milbury said, is this the playoffs? Because that's what it felt like. And it's March 3rd when that game happened. Yeah. Awesome. Another whole month of basically playoff hockey. I'm going to segue it into this. Who's your Hart Trophy winner? <laughs> okay. I think it, it's the guy we're about to talk about, right. Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl, what a freaking year he's having. I know. Uh, what'd you say, 107 points now? That's what he was at last night. I don't think they played last night. I talked to Will. But la- he could get points from his couch, so maybe, maybe he did. I talked to Will last night, and he was like, Dreisaitl, man, is he has he broke 100 yet? And I was like, 100? He's at 107. But that's the thing. It's... He just broke 100, like, since the last time we talked. In the last week, he broke 100, and now he has 107. Well, he had a hat trick two nights ago (laughs) and, like, a five-point game. (laughs) It's, dude, and he's the second-line center. I mean, he's overshadowed by McDavid. He's not the best player on this team. Yeah. And he's going to win the hard trophy. I know. It's, oh. I might, dude, I, like, I keep, we keep talking, we keep coming back to how awesome the Oilers are, but... They're so fun to watch, but the thing is, they have the same problem as as uh, Toronto, where their decor is just not up to par. That's yeah. the reason they're not running away with the Pacific. They're not even in first. But we like drool over McDavid and Drysital. We have. I don't think have we yet to see McDavid in the playoffs. Playoff McDavid oh is going to be another level that no one's ever seen before. No. Because the game's going to try to catch up to him. It, it always gets faster in the playoffs. And then he's just going to probably go even, even faster than that. Like, in Miracle, when Herb's like, I know there's another level that you haven't gotten to yet when mm-hmm. he's talking to Jim Craig. That's going to be Connor McDavid <laughs> in the playoffs. All right, we got our Miracle <laughs> reference out of the way for this episode because there always has to be one. Yeah. But anyway, dry saddle, he has to win the heart. Yeah, so I mean, this, he's not. No point. one's even close to him in points. No, Pasternak's at like ninety-two, I think. And I think he's in second. Yeah, yeah. he is. In so second. he's fifteen behind. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. <laughs> See, whereas last year, like, I don't think Kucherov is the best player. I mean, we we've gotten into deep arguments about this. He led in points. I think there's not even. It's not even close right now that Dryside is the best player in the in the world. Like, I agree. Right now, whereas, I mean, we could talk about talent. You just said it. He's not even the best player on his team. Yeah. I mean, that's that's I common would, knowledge. I would say he's not even the most effective player on this team. But I think Connor McDavid makes more of an impact every night than he does. I mean, I think that's common knowledge. Right. But Dreisett, the season he's having. He's is, having the best season of anybody, uh, without a doubt. Yeah. It's awesome. Which kind of stinks for him because we talk about taking away votes. That doesn't really happen in the NHL. Like, the guy who's the best player will typically get the votes to win whereas like in the MLB if there are two um, legitimate MVP candidates on one team they take votes away from each other and neither of them really win it because of that I don't think that'll happen here but there is something to be said about the fact that he and McDavid are on the same team makes him get way less attention yeah so I just looked up the points McDavid's now in second Pasta is 92. McDavid's second with 95. Drysaw is 108. So so I guess they did play last night. So votes are going to be taken away. I mean, 
you have to throw McDavid in the heart conversation, to, especially know, with the season he's and having as well. People are saying, I saw a vote the other day, NHL.com writers voted number one, Leon Dreisaitl, number two, Nathan McKinnon, number three, David Passanak. Oh, McKinnon. That was my preseason heart. <laughs> I don't know if he's having, I mean, he's having a great year, and he's top three player in the world. Yeah. Dry. I mean, McDavid's having, a, I think, a better year than him. Alongside Drysaddle, who's having the best season, and it's really not even close. Yeah, you got to kind of take into account voter fatigue. Like, if McDavid's going to win a heart again, which he will, but it's going to be because he doesn't have a McDavid caliber season. He has like a far and away the best player in the in the league season. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of because it's at like this the, point, it's like, well, yeah, of course McDavid gets a hundred points. He's the best player in the world. Yeah, it's LeBron. It's yeah, I mean, it's a LeBron. Same thing with it's LeBron. It's like Giannis it's, is it's having the reason Bill Belichick doesn't win Coach of the Year every year. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean Wayne Gretzky did win nine out of ten. He won eight in, in a row. row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you have to think that that definitely comes in. I know, I mean, I know you're going to be really excited when I say this, but how can Pasta not be in that conversation? Of Hart Trophy? Yeah. Yeah, I think he has to be, but also, I don't know if they take this into account. He plays with, like, the best two-way center in the league. In the past 10 years, easily the best two-way center. And Brad Marchand is probably going to get 100 points again this year. He had 100 points last year. He was one of two guys to get 100 points last year. Whereas McDavid doesn't even play with the second best player on his team. And the top three players on the Bruins play on the same line. Yeah. I don't know if that... That's fair. I don't know what... I honestly have no idea what the writers take into effect when they vote. But I I think that definitely has to do it. Also, every time Ovechkin wins the Rocket Richard and doesn't win the Hart, that happens all the time. The Rocket Richard doesn't often win the Hart Trophy. I think Ovechkin has changed that narrative, but I agree with you. Yeah, just because think, of the 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 kind of player Ovechkin. Or I don't is. think he's changed the narrative. I just think he's the exception to that. Okay. Because I think, I mean, he's won eight Rocker Richards, but he has he also has three Hart trophies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. We kind of got away from that, yeah. but bring him back in. Dry saddle over a hundred points. I th- I just think he's he's the hard favorite now. There's not a lot of time left. You'd think he has to win it at this point. Yeah. All right. Okay, speaking of talent, Bobby Ryan returns from a long absence from the league. I think it was over 100 days uh, due to substance abuse. He was getting treatment for that. He scored a hat-trick in his first game back. Uh, just an incredible story. After, like, he got emotional on the bench. He got a standing ovation. Uh, it, was during, it was against the Penguins. But I think, like, the Penguins radio guy or something said, if you're the Penguins and you take a loss like this, you want a moment like this to happen to sort of, like, soften the blow. Yeah. Because this is one of the best things that happened all year. Bobby Ryan obviously struggling with mental health and substance abuse, and he comes back after the game and says, I can't believe I ever took playing in the National Hockey League for granted, which is exactly what you want him to say. And I'm sure he does feel that way, but just an awesome story for Bobby Ryan. Yeah. I mean... This, I'm hoping, I think he said the perfect words, I can't believe I ever took playing mm-hmm. in the NHL for granted, because I think that that is going to send shockwaves like, to young players who have probably already like gotten in the groove of playing and mm-hmm. be like, hold up. 
am I really playing in the NHL? Right. Because the guys I were like, I want more money, or like, I'm sick of playing for yeah whoever because they stink. I mean, I Dylan Larkin, a guy who it's one quote that I'm basing this off of, but it kind of feels like he was taking it for granted a little bit. Yeah, don't vote me in. Yeah, to the All Star game. I mean, this is like such on a smaller scale, but I mean, you know, every Kirsten knows, everybody knows, Clemson was my dream school, and like being here, waking up for my eight a.m. class, I'm like, oh my yeah. god, why am I here? And then yesterday we went and saw the sunset, like over Tailman, and I was like, this is why I'm here. Like I don't. So there's those moments of like, I'm not taking this for granted. Walk on Cooper Bridge and the sun's over Tailman. Mm-hmm. It's like. That's cool. This is the best view in the country, mm-hmm. right? So that's such on a smaller scale, but I'm hoping wh- him saying that kind of like has that feeling to other players around the league, um, and that I think that will. Me too, and I think that that is a theme in the NHL. Like people don't typically take it for granted. People aren't like, I need to be the highest player, highest paid player in the world because I deserve it. People are more like. Connor McDavid, I love playing in Edmonton. Why would I ever leave? Yeah. So he signs a five-year extension and gets, what did he get? Eight and a half million? Nine million? When he's easily a $12, 13000000 million player. Fifteen. Yeah, he, you pay him whatever. <laughs> he's a blank check. He's a blank check, exactly. Yeah. He's like when they said, <laughs> when the King's owner was like, Wayne, this is how much I want to pay you. He said, no. Why would I ever get paid that much to play hockey? Yeah. He's that guy. You give him whatever you want. And I'm not saying that people, like, need to look at this. Like, because the NHL, yes. I don't think the NHL is the NBA, where it's, like, yeah. it's just run by uh-huh. egos. Or even the NFL. But I'm, I'm hope, my hope is that for people out there who, especially, like, like I said, the young guys who have already started to get into the groove, like, they look at this and say, all right, let me, let me take yeah. it, let me slow down a just little bit. Just sit back and think about, like, this has been your dream your whole life, and now you're actually getting to do it. Like, yeah. Who cares how much money you're getting? Who cares, like, maybe you want your house to be nicer, but it doesn't... I mean, honestly, if you're in the NHL, you have a pretty nice house. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. but, yeah, awesome story for Bobby Ryan. And I hope, like, obviously, I hope that this is it for him. I think this is also, I mean, this is a topic that needs to be blown up because it's, it's not mm-hmm. mental health, like, yeah. especially in sports, because... We saw it with, like, DeMar DeRozan and um, who was the other guy? Uh, Kevin Love mm-hmm. is That's another right. big That's advocate. Right. Like, these guys that are idolized, like, people, they just want autographs. They just want mm-hmm. signed shoes. They just, like, how about you ask them how their day was? Yeah. Like, and it's not, I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to approach this. I just think mental health it, one is not talked about enough mm-hmm. and two especially in pro sports where these guys are idolized as like bigger than life i mean they have lives too yeah they're people right? too yeah so i don't know it's a hockey podcast but right but not to make it sad this is a super happy story oh yeah yeah so i i hope bobby ryan is here to say i i want to say that he is this is gonna this is gonna battle David Ayers for moment of the year. Yeah, I think. This is a great, great moment. Like when Brian Boyle beat cancer, came back, oh, scored a hattie. Oh that was hockey's awesome. full of Hockey's the best. Yeah. It hockey's is the best. All right. If you think otherwise, you're stupid. 
If you think otherwise, uh, actually, we're not going to say that because we want people. You remember we had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. We want people to come to the <laughs> yeah, sport. Exactly. I was like, if you if you think otherwise, just stop listening. No, but we yeah. don't want that. We want That's you to come. The hockey mindset is like, oh, you're a hockey fan. Is hockey your favorite sport? No, get out. We, <laughs> we don't want you. <laughs> we, so stupid. We need to change that though. I know because people people that are like, oh, I don't like hockey. I'm like, you need to give it a chance. Yeah. Right? Whereas people are like, ah. Eh. Right, but then they give it a chance, and they're like, what's offside? It's like, what are you even doing here? <laughs> oh, good times. Okay. All right. Now to some different news about Ottawa. Jim Little has been relieved of his duties as CEO. How long after he got hired? Mo- January 10th. <laughs> okay. <laughs> couple months. Uh, due to some sort of misconduct. Seven weeks he got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the senator's board of directors come, came to the decision and released the quote that his it was due to conduct inconsistent with the core values of the Ottawa Senators and the National Hockey League. According to their board of directors. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Well, Ottawa just needs to... Figure it out. Figure it out, and they just need to go clean slate, and st- pretty much they just need to move. Yeah, they need because to move to become the Quebec Nordiques. What? Ottawa, it seems like... They just can't get it right, ever. Player development, uh, coaches, front office. Well, player development is doing better, but then they just send all their guys away. Yeah, that's true. Like Sean Gabriel, Pajot. I'm going to say player retainment. Okay. Because they develop good players, Matt Duchesne, Eric Carlson, and then, yeah, we'll just send you guys away. Yeah, we don't really want you. So, uh, this is so sad because this team was in the Eastern Conference Finals like four years ago. And now they literally just can't do anything right. Yeah, so misconduct is the only, that's the only detail we have so far. We're not going to speculate, but I'm going to speculate a little bit that it has nothing to do with the player treatment, like whole phenomena that happened, to, what would you say, like a month ago now? That all that stuff started happening probably beginning of the year? Well, I think beginning it was before of the, that. Beginning of the calendar year? Yeah. Was it? I think so. I think it was before that. Either way, that came up this season with the, oh, I forget his name, Bill Peters, got it. That's what I'm saying. That yeah. was like, right. that was early on, and then it was like, and it's been Mike a snowball. Yeah, so I I don't think it has anything to do with that, because I don't think that the CEO traditionally has a lot of contact with the players, but I could be wrong. He is new, maybe he's trying to change things. This is, I mean, the wording kind of reminds me of Jim Montgomery. Yeah, it does, which would mean alcohol or something personal. I'm assuming it's something personal, but it could be anything. So we'll update you as we get information yeah. on it. Yeah. I mean, I have no, I I don't think, I've never even heard of Jim Little's name, but. Neither have I. Yeah. Anyway, best of luck. So, the general manager meetings happened this week. They discussed a few things, including that they will not change the emergency backup goaltender rules. Thank God. Yeah, because it's so electric, and that has to be why they're doing it, because there is an obvious problem with what if it's game 82, and this is the team needs to get into the playoffs. Like They need to win this game to get into the playoffs. You're the away team, and you send in, you're like, I could easily just let in all seven shots that I get and throw this game for the team. I think that guys have more integrity than that, but it's definitely a possibility that something like that could happen. But it also creates, like, the best moment of the year. Like, if you remember Scott Foster, 
that was an awesome moment too. That was the whole buzz in the sports world for two weeks, the same way this has been. So yeah, it's it always creates a big moment when an e bug gets into the game. So that has to be the number one reason for keeping it. They said that it that they have found no problems in the system, which is true. We haven't seen anybody get into the game and then just like sit behind the net and let every goal in. That hasn't happened, but. I mean, maybe we have seen that, and we just passed it off as like, "Oh my God, this guy is so bad." But <laughs> maybe, I doubt it. But I don't think that. Like, I think the only two e bugs to actually get into the game in the past couple of years have been Foster and yeah. Harris, so. I think it's rare enough that it's like just leave it alone. Yeah, right. Because you're not gonna bring your AHL goalie to every single game in the event that two goalies get hurt. Yeah, that's just unreasonable. I mean, you're saying like, say it happens in game eighty two, like. When you're one point of out of the happen. play, like the chances of it happening anyway, and then now you're gonna throw in this scenario, oh, like man. if it does happen, oh well, like yeah, exactly. Be, you might as well go buy well, a lottery. That's ticket. like I was thinking about that because Eric Hollis said to Ayers, like, don't worry about it. Like, we just want you to have fun because if you just tick back and look at it, like talk about all the time how important it is for NHL players and coaches to understand like weather the storm, like. Losing a game isn't the end of the world. You can't live and die by every play because if you lose two in a row, it's not the end of your season, three in a row. Yeah. It's like if you think about how many times emergency goalies get into the game, you could just forfeit that game and, like, it's better to give yourself a shot and just tell the guy to have fun than to just, like, say, All right, like, we don't want to play the rest of the game. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? I know I didn't really get that out I, well. I got it. <laughs> Hollis said that. Because it's like, what are the odds that this guy gets in the game? If we lose this game, like, whatever. We should lose this game. We we have an emergency goalie in who's, like, was eating popcorn watching the game earlier. And that's why it was so special when Brendan Moore came into the locker room. He was uh-huh. like, you only get these moments. Like, after your playing career is over, you don't remember. You only have the moments. Like, the moments yeah, that you that remember. Yeah, that was a quote, yeah. And he was like. The way we played for you and the way you played for us. Like, that's what made it. If that he loses, awesome. If he loses, nobody bats an eye. Mm-hmm. It was an emergency goalie. Oh, well. But what makes it so great is that he let in two early goals, then plays lights out, and then Carolina, like, doesn't really allow any shots. No. So, like, he saves the one he faces, but they played, like, the best team in the world in front of him that night. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, so keep it the same. Yeah, we're being, a, we're being a dead horse there. But, yeah, they kept it the same. It looks like they're going to for a while, which is cool. Another thing that came up was offside review. The GMs always make, like, suggestions for what they think the league should do, but then obviously the league has final say in the owners' meeting that happens at the end of the year. That's where most of the things happen. Most of the changes happen. But here's a quote from an article by Dan Rosen. Um, he's quoting Don Waddell, the um, GM for Carolina he says Waddell says there have been so many good goals that people scored that have been taken away for nothing that meant anything to the play Carolina Hurricanes general manager Don Waddell said that's the frustrating part sometimes we want goals we score very good goals and it just so happened that a guy was crossing over the wrong, the line at the wrong time that's exactly the point that I've been saying now yes so what the meeting the GMs have suggested is that they take a look at and change the they make it more of a breaking the plane rule where like you can go into the end zone in the air in football 
if your foot is not breaking the plane of the blue line, even if it's off the ice and your other foot is in the zone, then you're onside. That's what they want to change. So I was, like, trying to read this rule, and I was, like, half asleep, and, like, I wasn't really paying attention. But you're saying break the plane. Like, how are they going to – hockey's so fast-paced. How are they going to slow it down enough to get the right frame, the right angle? Well, they have the – the goal they have the camera on the us on the blue line. They need like goal line technology. Yeah, they do. Like yeah. that or like tennis. Yeah. Where it's like a force field. Yeah, they do need that. But uh, here, here's I another, just think here's we're splitting quote. hairs so much. Here's another quote from the Rosen article. The NHL reported that eighteen coaches challenges through one thousand and fifteen games split, which is a wild number, played this season have been for skate in the air plays, and of those, 14 led to goals being removed. There were 26 skate in the air challenges through and, through the same amount of games last season, and that had 16 goals removed. Fine. I, I, this, I is, don't, this isn't the change they need. If you're going to change it, like actually change it. I don't care about the offside rule as much as you do. Yeah, like, I think it's you have And a, we benefited from it last night. We won 2-1, and... Tampa's first goal, which would have tied the game at one, was taken back for an offside play that was three inches offside. I just think I think is stupid. They're splitting hairs way too much. They are splitting hairs. Way my too much. kind of my whole look on it. With that being said, anything that they do to make less goals called back, I think is good. All right. Well, then just remove coaches' challenges. No, you can't do that. <laughs> well, that's that would lead to less goals called back. Yeah. What? Okay. Fine. Within reason. Yeah, I, this isn't the change they should be making. I honestly don't know what it is because everything I suggest definitely has a problem with it. Like, reviewing in real time doesn't make a lot of sense because you have the technology to not review in real time. Why would you ever make your technology worse? So, if, if you're able to see if a guy's offside, you should see it. I saw a thing where the NCAA is, like, meeting about putting in a rule for... I th- I could be way off of this, mm-hmm. but like limiting reviews to like two minutes or something, so it like puts that, accountability on the I, refs. I'd love that. Should the NHL do that? Yes. Like if if you're splitting hairs so much, right? After two minutes, you just have mm-hmm. to like go with what's on the ice. Yeah, you just like can't tell. Yeah. Because I mean, but the thing is, that's like the that's the thought that comes to my mind when we're talking about this. It's just like splitting hairs. This is most prominent in football. A lot of referees and linesmen, in this case, change their call, like opposed to what they think it is, just because like that call is reviewable. Like in the NFL, if the ball comes out, you always play it as a fumble. Yes, and I don't think that should be what it is. The ref should be calling what he thinks it is. I mean. So, like, if you go with the call on the field because you can't see it with a camera, but a lot of people know that the call on the field should have been that the runner was down, I think that's dumb. It's the same case here where you're never going to blow a play dead unless you know that it actually was offsides because you can always go back and review it. And that definitely slows down the game. If the refs went 100% by the way that they think, I would think, first of all, they'd get a lot more of these right. And second of all, the game would go so much quicker. These reviews would be way shorter. So the offsides rule absolutely... Like, the argument that 
well, look how many they got wrong. They have to be challenging it. It's like, well, they're only getting them all wrong because they're not blowing them dead. Because if, if it's close, you just let it go, and then you review it after. That's the easiest way to do it. When I'm watching a football game, I'm like, let it go so they can review it. Me too. But, like... In principle, that... Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think if the ref... I agree with you 100%. I think if the refs were just confident in what they were calling, I don't think it would be as bad. I agree. All right. Anyway. All right. Yeah, we're, we're not making the rules, which is probably good, but... All right. Okay. The last thing that came from the GM meetings was the projected salary cap for 2021. It's between 84 and 88.2 million. Uh, that's a two and a half to a 6.7 million dollar increase. Every year, the the NHLPA and the NHL agree on an inflator, basically like how much inflation has in, like increased the market value of players, and you go up based on that. It's between zero and five percent every year. This is this increase will be some scheduled increase, the inflator, and also some unscheduled increase, like them just deciding that they should make it bigger this year. Yeah. To make things more exciting. Yes. Love it. Uh, it should be it should be fifty million dollars. I mean fifty billion dollars. No, I, I disagree. No, when they did have th- that would be horrible for Seattle because <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what happens I, in baseball and that's why the Mariners are never good. That's why expansion teams were so bad because uh-huh. they were like this guy was serving hot dogs uh-huh. two weeks ago. Like, but he only cost eight dollars. Yeah, yeah, you so. can have him. So, uh, but yeah, I love it because all these young guys are getting paid ridiculous amounts. So, I just think it's it's better. I don't think there's obviously a threshold that you can't go to, um, but you have to you have to move with the times. Yeah, that's I like what they're it. doing. So they're probably gonna make it. Five percent inflator would make it a four million dollar increase, and they could go up to six million dollars, which tells me that they'll probably increase whatever the inflator is by like two and a half million. Okay. I. It's just it. What this means to me is that hockey's getting bigger. Yeah. Because there's more money to go around. Yeah. And that is exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And there's more talent in the league. More yeah. guys deserve money, and more guys now are going to get it because six million dollars is enormous. Yeah. Think about that. Hockey. An, that's an entire. Second line player, which is huge, because we have Jake DeBrusque and Tory Krug up for contract this year. We don't have money as of now to sign both of them. Maybe with the increase, we will. Six million is like a twenty-five goal score. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm excited. I'm not as excited about the offside rule, but I'm excited about this. Yeah, me too. All right. All right, let's get As to that. always, we're going to talk about standings, but we have a, a little like segment today that we're going to continue for the rest of the year, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you texted me this morning. Like, yeah, as so I woke we're going to say we're going to give 10 cup teams each week until the playoffs start the next five weeks, or maybe it's four weeks now. We're going to eliminate two teams. Last week we'll eliminate one or three based on how it is, just so that we can have a one-cup team at the beginning of the playoffs that we think is going to go all the way. And we got to stick with that all, the whole time. So today we're going to give 10. Next week we're going to eliminate two of those. Word. So, who wants to go first? We'll just go by division. Okay. So That's what I mean. The Metro, I have the Caps, the Pens, and the Islanders. I just have Washington and Pittsburgh. Okay. I Yeah, because with the Blues last year, it made me skeptical about just picking the top teams. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to throw in, like, 
a wild card. The Islanders were heavy at the deadline. Grice is playing great. Varlamov's playing great. I think the Islanders have a shot, even yep. being the wild card team. Yep. Uh, we both left off Philly, who has a legitimate shot. I just, I literally had to pick between like some of my favorite teams. I don't and know. I if didn't want to pick Philly. I don't know if Carter Hart's there yet. That's yeah, kind of my know, thing. But who thought that about Bennington last year? That's true. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like it makes it so difficult. Yeah, but ben- Bennington's 25. Like, yeah, it is different. But he also had the same amount of experience. In I'm the I'm older than Carter Hart. He had less just, like. He had much less experience than Carter Hart going into those. Yeah, but I'm older than Carter Hart. It just doesn't make me comfortable that (laughs) he's going to win the Stanley Cup. That's weird. Yes. Jack Hughes is my age. That's pretty odd. Yeah. What are we doing with our lives? Come on. I know. For real. All right. right. Atlantic. I think we have the same two teams, Boston and Tampa. Yep. Nothing. I mean, that's... (laughs) Yeah, it's obvious, yeah. Yeah. Um, Central. I have the top three teams in order, St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas. Same. I just, I mean, we we already talked about it. Those three are locked up. They're locked in. Right, yeah. Even with Bishop out, I just don't see Dallas. Mm -hmm. And when he comes back and if he starts playing up to Ben Bishop standards, they're going to be lethal. Yeah, they are going to be lethal. All right, let's end it with the Pacific. This one's tough. I have Vegas, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Vancouver is right now a wild card team. I just have Vegas and Edmonton. Okay. So you have six from the West. Yes, I do. And I have five and five. Now, that does not mean I think the West is better than the East. I am on record saying that the East is better than the West. But it's hard to eliminate teams from the West just because of how close they are to each other right now. Like, if you eliminate one, how do you not eliminate the other? You know what I'm saying? So you think Vancouver has a shot to win the Stanley Cup? I think of those three teams, they have the best shot. And that's a wild take. But they made great, great moves at the deadline. Toffoli already has like three goals in three games since they got him. When's Markstrom coming back? Yeah, exactly. They're making this playoff push without their star goaltender. He was having a Vezina caliber year before he got hurt. He's probably out of the race now. But I think he's like... A week or two away from getting back at this point? I mean, we just talked about if Ben Bishop comes back. If Marshall comes back and plays the way he played before the injury, right. they're going to be lethal. Exactly. That's why I think they have the best chance of any team. Especially with Quinn Hughes just, like, completely stealing the Calder Cup away from Cal <laughs> yeah. McCarr. I know, because right now he has to be the favorite, right? Yeah, he is. It's close, but... All right, um... Some yeah. other news. Yeah, let's go over some notes about the standings. Um, the Avs have won seven straight. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're only three points behind St. Louis now. I know. They might win this division. Maybe St. Louis won't make the playoffs after all. Whoa. Watch <laughs> your mouth. Flyers have won six straight. The Blues have yeah. The Blues have won eight straight, and somehow the Avs caught them in that time. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Does that even make sense? Colorado leads the league in goal differential. They're plus 50. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I know. That's unbelievable. Um, Flyers have won six straight. They're now uh, Boston, second in the Metro. Boston's plus 52, so watch your mouth. Oh. But. Okay, well, second. <laughs> yeah. That's still ridiculous. No, that's a that's a lot. Pens had lost six straight. That's awesome. <laughs> because they led the Metro for, what, a cup of coffee? Yeah, in a day or two. But And then we took it back last yeah. Sunday. And then they lost. I mean, and then they trounced Ottawa 7-2. to Who doesn't? I mean, yeah, you I know. could probably I beat know. Ottawa. I know. I know. All right. Um, 
Bruins have pulled it out. Bruins have pulled out in the Atlantic. They beat Tampa last night to give them a nine-point lead. They do have a game in hand on Tampa and two games in hand on other teams in the division. I I keep saying I think Tampa's going to win the President's Trophy. I, I don't think they can without Stamkos. And it looks, every day that goes by, it's like, well, it's getting... For a while, it really did look like they were going to catch him. How about the hot take you had when you said when the Bruins lose in the Stanley Cup Finals, they come back and win the division and the I probably said that, the president's I said trophy. that before the first game of the season. What the hell? I'm never right. That one feels so good, and I've been thinking about it so much. <laughs> I hope you guys lose like eight straight. Wow, that's mean. <laughs> uh, the Rangers, we were hyping them up, and then yeah. they lost three straight. It's the good goal podcast curse, we're it calling is. it. Oh, my God, it's so bad. Every time, dude. Yeah, the Preds have showed up too. I don't know if we ever even talked about that, but they've also lost three straight. And that's that's hockey. The hottest teams lose three straight. So they're two points out. Oh, my gosh. How? Speaking of Nashville, they uh-huh. had devastating tornadoes yesterday. I know. How awesome would it be for this city if they made the playoffs? Team of Destiny is a real, real thing. Vegas, Vegas the Vegas shooting? Boston after the marathon. In 2013 after the marathon. Yeah. It's a real thing. I just think... And we hate to put the tornado in that light. But, oh, obviously. But as far as hockey goes, that's just the same. That's just how it works. What we're saying is, I think this could bring so many good things uh-huh. to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they desperately need it. The team has already like opened their building to... Like, oh, free pizza last yeah, night. Yeah, free pizza. Yeah. Like, they're letting people sleep in there. It's really cool. The Preds are awesome. So, hopefully, they rally around the Preds. They do in the playoffs. Smashville is like... And it starts with Carrie Underwood somehow, but <laughs> Carrie Underwood is the leader of Smashville, which is the Preds hockey in the playoffs. And well, they, her, they get electric. Her they? husband yeah. was Mike Fisher. Yeah. So. Well, he still is. Well, Mike he Fisher. is, but I'm saying like Mike Fisher was the captain. <laughs> Mike Fisher's not what he used to be, is what yeah, I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I, now he's Mike Underwood. True. That is very true. I think he's always been Mike <laughs> yeah, he's Underwood. He's always been Mike Underwood. God, if he changed his name and put Underwood on the jersey, that'd be so funny. He's got to come back just to do that. He should. He's God. always been Mike Underwood. Yeah, let's, he's, let's, he's Mike Let's Underwood. put that. All right. I think that's it. Yeah, that's all we basically got. The um, hottest team in hockey, though, is the Blues and the Avs, and they're in the same division. Uh-huh. The two hottest teams. That's exciting. They're two points apart, which means, like, the next one to lose a game is out. <laughs> if, if the Preds lose next and the Avs win, then the Avs have caught them. All right, let me look up the schedule because I – Please tell me they play game 82. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, They do. No, they don't. Oh, my 82. gosh. Yes, no they do. <gasps> That's literally the last game of the season? Yes. Are you sure? Look. What date is it? April 4th. Hitch. Oh, that says show less? Yes, that means I've, oh my it's the last game yeah. of the season. If it comes down and they're one point apart with the last game and hit to play, I think oh. I might lose my head. Dude, how how is that that I made a joke about that yeah. and it's legit the last <laughs> game of the season? Well, I think everybody plays their last game in division, so it's really not – it's a one in eight chance, but it's still crazy. Oh, man. Now I'm hyped. I know. God. This is the best sport in the world. Oh, hockey's so good. All right, shout-out to our dads. They donate. Always. Uh, shout-out to our moms, too, because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I don't think so. Word. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.